Live from Lisbon, this is The Twilight Show with Lucy Newberger. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Teachers Talk Radio, The Late Show with Lucy Newberger. And the title of the show is Looking After Your Voice. So I'm sure she'll be joining us in just a second. She's probably warming up her own vocal cords. Um, In the show, you're going to hear some messages from our wonderful sponsors, including uh, with a Slack group. Live from Lisbon, this is The Twilight Show with Lucy Newberger on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Lucy, I'm going to pass over to you and good evening to you. Good evening to you, Mr. Rogers. Always a pleasure to hear your dulcet tones coming across the airwaves. Well, someone's got to. I'm looking forward do, to, looking forward to the show tonight. It'll be it'll be interesting. I do I do enjoy a northern accent. I think because I have such a flat accent, anything that's sort of a bit more interesting than mine is uh, yeah always fun to hear. <laughs> Absolutely, I will pass over to you, and uh, uh, yeah, I'll be lurking me. in the I'll be lurking in the background. Oh, delightful. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Rogers. Okay, where am I? Oh, I'm on Teachers Talk Radio. I should probably get on with it, shouldn't I? Okay, good evening, everybody. It is, what is it? It's Tuesday. Yep, Tuesday, late show. We're here, we're back. And you're with me, Lisa Newberger. Yes, I do know who I am. It's fine. Do you know what? It's because there's a public holiday here tomorrow. uh, And I know midweek public holiday um, I'm not even entirely sure what this one's for. There's so many, oh darling, there's so many in Portugal, either for either religious holidays, Catholic holidays, or the Portuguese like to just, I don't know, take a day off midweek every now and again. I don't know, maybe they get fed up or maybe it's just too much for them. But I vaguely heard something today about this is a celebration of beheading a king or something like that. So I will double check that information. I'm not quite sure how accurate that is, although it was one of the Portuguese teachers who told me that. So I don't know if she was having me on or whether that is the case. But either way, I have tomorrow off, which is is a blessing and a curse in the sense that, uh, you know, who doesn't love a day off midweek? But then, of course, you've got to go back in and face Thursday and Friday with children who've also had a day off. And I don't really know how that's going to go. But hey-ho, can't really complain. It's time to put energy into other things for the day or to sleep or to go to yoga. I haven't really decided yet, so we'll find out. But uh, before we get into this evening's proceedings about our voices, which I know a lot of you are keen to to hear about and keen to, to discuss with me. So hopefully, as more join the party this evening... We can get some people on. We can share your thoughts or tips or anything that you have to to look after your voice. But before all of this, you know me, I love a week. I love a weekly update. I'm sitting here with my what herbal infusion is it today? I can't actually remember what I've got here. It's verbena, which I think means lemon verbena, uh, which is a lemony herb as far as I'm aware. So cheers to you. I hope you've got something soothing for your voice as you join me this evening. But I suppose I ought to tell you what's been going on. Well, 
I don't know about your schools, but the illness has descended on my school here in Portugal. Um, and I feel like it's a sort of so it begins type scenario. It's almost as soon as we walk back through the door. And I don't know if these germs can almost smell it. And they're there waiting with glee. But we have had everything this week from a delightful nituation, as I like to call it. So the, the lice are, are back in the system. And uh, I... I just, oh, as soon as I talk about it, I itch. And, of course, the the pupils in question, they're sitting there with their hair down. And, and I'm just thinking, oh, my God, please just tie your hair up. Please, please. You know, you're just causing absolute havoc. So now that I've made you all itch, um, I'm sorry, but I had to share. So, yes, the nituation is is back. Uh, everything from that to uh, explosive diarrhea, to be honest. Not me, not me personally. You can't say me personally, can you? Not me, but uh, other people. There's a delightful sick bug going around as well. So there's that. Um, a good cohort of year sixes convinced themselves that school they got food poisoning from school dinners, which they hadn't. But they did try to perpetuate that rumor this week. Um, unfortunately, I think it is just something that is going round. I have also been unwell. Um, I didn't. I my stomach was all over the place this week uh, as well, and it's just all over the show. I've also lost my voice last week, which is why I didn't do a show, and partly the inspiration for this evening's show. But basically, I don't know whether school needs an exorcism, needs saging, deep prayer. I don't really know, but it does feel a bit like a sort of medieval viral plague is just kind of taking people out although i probably shouldn't joke about something like that in the wake of covid but it feels like schools are a hotbed and it really is only going to get worse and i'm just waiting for uh the cover list to increase because in my school we we tend to try and cover each other internally but of course the more people get sick the more problematic that becomes so I'm awaiting with interest to see how that goes and how that turns out. But as it stands, we're doing OK. We're, we're hanging on. So hopefully winter won't be too problematic, but you never know. What else is going on? Oh, yes. Uh, in amongst all of this and in amongst teacher tired already setting in and a million and one other things, I am infinite wisdom. I'm doing a half marathon this weekend because I think I did the thing where after I did the Lisbon half marathon in May feeding off that excitement I thought you know what I'll book another one because that seemed like a great idea so I did and this is coinciding with the Lisbon marathon that is happening this weekend which I'm not mad enough to do mercifully uh, which starts down here in Kashkais. but the Lisbon the Lisbon the Luso half marathon that I'm doing actually starts on the Vasco de Gama bridge so not the big red bridge that I ran over in May but the other big bridge in Lisbon and then we do a sort of loop-de-loop around Lisbon and we finish in the Praça Comercial in the centre of Lisbon with we we sort of converge with the marathon runners so if nothing else I get to have a have a poodle around Lisbon or a plod around around uh, around my home city so that's nice not looking to break any well, when am I ever looking to break any land speed records but I'm going to go, enjoy it, have a lovely time, and hopefully it won't be as hot as it was in May because that was horrendous and people were dropping like flies left, right and centre. So hopefully this one will be a little bit nicer and we can just all have a lovely time. And that's what I'm out there for. I like a half marathon. It's a great distance. I don't feel the need to do any more than that. But 
congratulations to you if you're one of those people who completed the London Marathon or indeed the Berlin Marathon recently. Kudos to you, but I don't see myself doing that anytime soon. Um, what else? Oh, I am going to do a bit of a shameless plug for myself um, because as well as being involved in Teachers Talk Radio and a whole host of other things, because, you know, you've got to keep life interesting. I'm also involved, if you want to hear more of my voice, haha. I am involved in Teach Meet International Icons this weekend, which is an online event. Uh, this one is particularly focused on international teachers, but there's no reason why any of you can't come along and watch. We're all talking about different things. My focus is going to be international mindedness, both within primary and secondary schools, but mainly with a focus on primary because that's the sphere that I operate in. So if you want to be involved in that, that will be on YouTube on Saturday morning. And yeah, come along and listen uh, or watch. And I know there's some other people, other notable names on Twitter that are involved in that as well. And that will also be available to listen and watch back as well if you can't make it live. But speaking of live events and online events and all of that jazz, our very own Teachers Talk Radio is actually teaming up with one of our sponsors. And this is very soon. Where are we? 4th of October. So in about, I think it's about 11 days time now, with a Slack group and Teachers Talk Radio are hosting a live event in Manchester at the Manchester Art Gallery. There are all kinds of speakers that are going to be there. And you can see, I think it's in the pin tweet that Rogers has put in the group. I can't see if he has or he hasn't. Uh, nope, not that particular one but if you go to the pinned tweet on teachers talk radio you can see that it's there but this event is also available online for those of us like me who can't make it in person so fantastic if you can make that but also speaking of our sponsor with a slack group while we're on the subject we might as well tell you that oh goodness me that with a slack group are a leading provider of specialist education and care and they need people like you to help them achieve even more and at with a slack you'll be given all the resources and the support you need and offered a clear path to career can't even speak career progression and rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer and with a slack currently have some fantastic career opportunities so if you're looking for something a bit different they could be the organization for you and all the information for all of those things can be found at withaslackgroup.co.uk and my final plug for now is for Charlie Burley's event. You may or may not have heard his show with Tom Rogers. I believe that was last week. Might have even been two weeks ago now. I've really lost track of time. But if you do want to listen back to that, it's still available. Uh, and Charlie and Tom had a lovely conversation about all kinds of things to do with teacher health, well-being, uh, fitness. I think it was, it was all in there. They managed to cover everything. And I should say that Charlie's Instagram is full of wonderful recipes, which you should cook. They are great and tips and tricks and all kinds of things. He's also on Twitter as well. But as well as all of that, he is hosting an event on the 22nd of October called Rewrite, Rewriting Wellbeing. And it's a full day dedicated to improving your health as a teacher through looking at your nutrition, movement, mindset, workload and well-being in school. And there are going to be other speakers as well, including Andrew Cowley, Jen Foster, Kimberly Wilson, Simon Bolger and many more. And there will be talks, workshops and time to network with like-minded colleagues. You'll get brunch and lunch, which is brilliant. I mean, that's really 
reason enough to go as far as I'm concerned. And all the refreshments included. And it is a non-profit event with all proceeds going to the amazing education charity Ed Support. So that is 22nd of October at ETC Venues at St Paul's in London. And it, you can find tickets, I believe, on the Eventbrite website. So if you go to that, you can find everything you need to participate and be involved in that. I think that is all the life administration for now, but no, I think that's it. That is everything. I think we've covered it all in a very short space of time. So go me. Yay. Right. Okay. Moving on. So why did I want to talk about teacher voices this evening? So this came to me as a bit of a brainwave, a bit like all of my shows do, either usually either in a dream where I sit bolt up right in the middle of the night and think, do you know what, that would be really fun to talk about. It may work, it may not, but let's go for it. Or if I'm sitting usually in a PPA session trying desperately to think about how to teach whatever it is, and then my mind will go somewhere else. But this particular one was because my first bout of what I think was probably laryngitis uh, of the year occurred and I thought oh for goodness sake already because if I don't have my voice I'm basically useless and then it occurred to me well we need to talk about this because I'm definitely not the only one that goes through this there's people everywhere who are complaining of sore throats throughout the year and this is clearly a problem but I wanted to talk about it for a variety of reasons um and voices and accents and all of that is is something that I know other Teachers Talk radio hosts have talked about. I know it's something that is a, a great love of mine and uh, actually a bit of an obsession. I uh, I went to university in Leeds many moons ago now, and the Yorkshire accent is still one of my favourite sounds on this planet. And I think there is a part of me that will always be very emotionally attached to the White Rose, to West Yorkshire. So I think if ever I were to live in the UK again, that is probably where I would end up. But in terms of my own voice, uh, I'm someone with a very distinctive voice, as many of you know. It's something that has been a blessing and a curse all of my life in the sense that when I was younger and when I went to school, a lot of people took the mickey because I from where I went to school people didn't sound like me I come from a family that are performers they were involved in film and all sorts uh they're also um my grandmother is also quite and I don't like the word posh necessarily but she's very well spoken and so and so in turn so is my mum and therefore so am I and all my life, even now, even in the profession I'm in now, I still get people say, oh, well, you know, where, where are you from? You, you sound a bit different. And I think, well, do I? Do I really? But I don't get nearly as uptight about it as I used to. But I instead I pride myself on it. And I have been putting my voice to, to good use or maybe even overuse through through teaching and through bending all of your ears on a regular basis on Teachers Talk Radio. And I think, sort of speaking of performance and speaking of performers, I almost treat teaching a bit like that. And go with me on this, because some of you will agree and some of you, some of you won't. But to me, 
I liken teaching to a daily performance because a lot of the time it is. You're standing in front of a crowd or an audience, your class or classes that you teach. And whether you like it or not, they are an audience. I mean, I know that you're teaching them and it's a slightly different thing, but they are there. They're listening, supposedly, although today the attention span of some of mine was well, there was no attention span. Uh, clearly, I wasn't entertaining enough. Um, but there's also, I regularly joke with my classes that, well, it was either becoming a teacher or doing stand-up, and I'm not funny enough, so here we are. And oddly enough, that seems to go down pretty well. And so if you're going to liken teaching to performing or to doing stand-up or to whatever it is, then as a performer of sorts, you need to keep your instrument or your voice in fine working order. And so on the back of that and with that thought process, I went down my research rabbit hole, which I'm going to share with you. And I hope you're also going to, to jump in and, and chat with me on this, because quite honestly, I didn't expect this topic to to kind of take off in the way that it did. But when I told people I was doing this and I spoke to people at work about it and they said, oh, that's interesting. You know, I'd love to listen back to that because, you know, I uh, I've never really thought about how to look after my voice or I've never really thought about it being something that I need to to take care of. And to tell you the truth, neither had I really until I started digging into the sort of my my thought process surrounding this. So grab your soothing infusion of choice or drink of choice this evening and join me as I take you on this journey through my research, which, as always, has been uh, enlightening and has taken me around the world. Um, I'm still gutted. And actually, Eleni, who is in the in the studio, my my best friend, who is uh, who is Dr. Eleni Lundras, uh, I actually poked her the other day and said, do you still have um, an Athens login? Um, those of you who remember at university uh, would have had these logins where you could access journals and things like that. And when I go into my research rabbit holes, I get very excited when I find journals and things because I'm sad like that, journals and things that relate to what I'm talking about or that I can link to. But most of the time I can only get the the abstract without either an academic's login or uh paying an obscene amount of money for for one journal and much as i am loyal to all of you and i'm very loyal to teachers talk radio and i take my job very seriously i don't love it enough to pay goodness knows what for journals for research purposes so the ones i have found i am relying on the abstracts and the bits that I could get hold of. But I think often, as I've said before, it's enough to, to go on and it's enough to kind of give you an idea of what the, the, the research is about. So to kick off with this, I wanted to first think about how we use our voices as teachers and sort of from a scientific point of view. And I found a piece of research here that uh, is entitled The Sounds of Education. It's the teacher role and use of voice in interactions with young children. And uh, it said here that voice is a basic tool in communication between adults, but in early educational settings. So this is in primary, but probably, you know, there's an element of this that goes forth into secondary as well. Uh, adult professionals use their voices in different paralinguistic ways when they communicate with children. And use of voice is important because it communicates attitudes, emotion, and sometimes this is ignored. And instead of 
kind of thinking about how voice plays into the sort of bigger picture often we just think about it as a kind of isolated thing and this is what they're getting at here when actually it feeds into your body language and within your voice there's tone there's pitch there's all the different things that almost subconsciously every day you do because if you've been teaching for any period of time you know about instinctively about your volume control you try very hard like me not to raise your voice or if as an early career teacher like me you spent a lot of time probably being louder than you should have been thinking that that's what you needed to do before I actually dawned on you that that's not in any way effective but I think it's important to acknowledge that voice fits into a wider you know the teacher as a whole it's not just something that's as much as we're talking about it as a kind of isolated thing that this evening it's still part of a, a a bigger thing and this research went on to say that uh there are all kinds of things that um are categorized within teacher's voice and children really do sort of link into that they do respond to it they do even if it doesn't appear to at the time and believe me today I was standing there trying to maintain a calm tone and I might as well I could have I could have broken into song today I could have told um a, 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 an odd ode a rude riddle it really wouldn't have mattered at any point today because I might as well not have not been there and uh, bless them. You know, I don't I've made it very clear to, to my class that I'm not going to stand there and shout at them. I ended up just standing there and looking at my watch. And mercifully, that does tend to have the right impact. So that research actually is is French believe it or not. And as always, I will link as many of these things as I can in my show notes for those of you who enjoy a bit of light bedtime reading. The Actually, the abstract of this one is also there in French, should uh, any of the language teachers out there want to practice their French or want to read it in both languages. Entirely up to you. Um, the next thing I found was sort of how voice and classroom management kind of go hand in hand. And I was thinking about this today because we're often told as teachers that you can't sit down, that you're not allowed to, uh, that you kind of should come out from behind your desk and that the way you stand is as important as what's coming out of your mouth. Oh, somebody who wants to talk to me. Who is this? Social sciences. Now, I'm sure that's not your name. I'm sure when you unmute yourself in a moment, you'll tell me exactly who you are. Um, what would you like to say? Um, well, I'm not the perfect person to talk about voices tonight, really, because I'm losing mine. Um, <laughs> so it's Adam. Uh, it's quite interesting. So when you talk about variation of pitch, it's something which I had a PGC student last year who um, couldn't v change the tone of their voice, let's say, in the nicest possible way. Um, but actually what I was trying to get into them was actually the more that you change things and you know, when you add a certain emphasis at a certain point, actually draws the kids in and is a form of behaviour modification as well. That's all I really had to contribute. No, that's brilliant. And I think that's that's really important. And was this something that was a, a seminar or a part of, of their teacher training at all? Well, it's very interesting. They, they, they did a lot of work about how to protect your voice like from like, Make sure you don't lose it from overuse and type things, which 
in my days when I did a PGC, they never did that, but they never really did anything about tone. And so I feel like that's where they kind of missed the kind of trick with them was actually, you know, your tone pays an awful lot. And, you know, I suppose it depends on your experiences when you're doing your teacher training as to what um, your mentor tells you to do. I think that's interesting. It's actually the whole teacher training side was something I was going to touch on later. But as we're as we're here and as it's come up, I mean, I certainly have absolutely no recollection. I mean, I'm seven years into my career at this point and I don't ever recall any advice, any uh, anything in my PGCE related to voice, which given the the wealth of information I found on the internet and the wealth of research into voice and into teacher voice especially, I find extraordinary that it's not part of our our teacher training. Even going back to, and I'm going to say it again, even going back to that performance aspect, that idea of practicing how to use your voice on your peers or on the people that you're training with, there was nothing like that. And I think that could be really beneficial, particularly for, well, for people of all sorts, people who are less confident, uh, all the way through to the people who maybe are louder than they realise. Cough, me, cough. Uh, who maybe do need to tone it down from time to time and have learned and have spent a lot of time, put a lot of energy learning how to, you know, throttle back a bit rather than be too extrovert to out there to in people's faces so i do find that quite interesting and the fact that there are people out there who who clearly do struggle with it um but going sort of piggybacking onto that uh, a lot of the advice that i found in these articles and this one is from teaching expertise does talk about uh use of tone and pitch and it says here uh, voice uh, quality and vocal profile contribute in large measure to an individual's identity um, and that is the impression that they give and so if you are coming across as without meaning to as sounding quite harsh or quite aggressive then that's that's you know what the, the impression that people are going to get and if that's working with kids then of course you don't want that you want it to be you don't want it to be condescending. You don't want it to be too sort of la, 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 la. And certainly in primary school, I think this is something that's more in the back of our minds because you have got, obviously, four-year-olds who you do need to speak to very differently to how you speak to a 10-year-old. Now, although they're, these are all primary age children, I certainly find, and maybe this is why I live and die in uh, in key stage two and the thought of going to teach in key stage one just fills me with absolute dread which it shouldn't but a large part of that is that I the kind of the sort of nicey nicey sing-songy voice which I know is not all the time and I feel like any key stage one teachers in here are going to absolutely go at me for that and rightly so because that was um that came out not as I wanted but I'm not sort of very good at that kind of quiet sort of uh, you know, now we're going to do this and da, da 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 and sort of having a bit more of a, a almost kind of a story time voice, if you like. So even within primary, that tone does change, does change enormously. And the the impression that you make, and I certainly I try and often turn things into uh a joke or seeing the funny side so certainly when um i can see year five sneaking back inside at lunchtime when they're not supposed to i'll uh 
I'll raise them. I'll say, what do you think you're doing? And they know they're in trouble, but at the same time, because they've got, you know, that understanding of, of me as a person and that understanding of uh, tone of voice, they're kind of, okay, well, I shouldn't be here. She's not going to screech at me. She's not going to take my head off, but I know I shouldn't be in here kind of thing. So I do think it is a, an interesting thing to to explore. But moving on from that, so we've got the idea of, you know, we use our voice in different ways. We know that for some people it's harder than others. But now we kind of have to think about, well, okay, but that's all great and that's all wonderful. But this can go wrong. As we've discovered, as Adam's shown, he's already uh, croaking away, bless him. I've certainly just recovered, but I know that I can already feel that it's kind of going again. So how does this go wrong? Well, of course, it. we are talking all day, every day, every single day. And I know that there are often... Um, articles and things that come out that say oh you know you should be doing less talking as a teacher you should be doing less input you should be you know it really should only be this amount of time and yes okay input in general shouldn't be you shouldn't be standing there talking for an hour for an entire lesson no one wants that I mean there are kind of more lecture style lessons that do go on certainly with with older children but we're told definitely in primary you know it's always been in my head um you know, 10, 15 minutes maximum, and then that's it, you should be done, then your energy needs to go into what they're doing, not what you're doing, and what you're talking about, and funnily enough, one of the most useless bits of feedback I ever had from an observation was, um, you talk too much, but I could listen to you all day, and you have a lovely sounding voice, what the hell I was meant to do with that information, I have got no idea, to this day, I still laugh about it, because, I might sound lovely, and yes, I probably do talk too much. Even now, in some of my lessons, I think, okay, you really should be, you know, the sort of the 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 little mini Lucy that lives in my head. Um, I sound mad when I say that. It's kind of going, come on, new burger, wrap it up. You know, these kids are. You know, you've got one staring out the window, one picking their nose, one who has not been listening for the last five minutes. Let's just kind of, you know, get them going. Otherwise, this is going to run away from you. And uh, I'll never forget having to kind of. Um, plan out sort of how long I was going to talk for you know when in teacher training and I'm sure they still make you do this right you're going to kind of almost script it out to the minute and I think there is still part of my brain that is fixated on that even though I know that that's not not necessary but so we do our input and you've you know you've kind of put your energy into that but then you don't stop talking do you because then you might be sitting with a group or you might be going around and helping individuals. So you're talking, 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 talking away, talking away. And it just doesn't stop for the entire lesson. And then you you might kind of go back to the front of the class and do another demonstration or go over a question that a number of people are struggling with. You might then do a plenary, blah, 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 blah. And so you're going on and on and on. And this is day in, day out, five days a week. And then if you're ridiculous like me, you then go and host a radio show for, for funsies as well. Meanwhile, you're talking to your colleagues and da, 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 da. And at some point, your poor voice is going, I can't do it anymore. Just, just stop it. And so it does go wrong. And it really is quite a disaster when it does. Because 
and this might be a bit dramatic, but without our voices, what are we? Can we even do our jobs? Now, some would argue that you can. And actually, uh, my friend Hannah Bradley uh, tweeted me earlier in the week and she said, um, I knew of a teacher who only allowed children to communicate via whiteboards, via writing on whiteboards, and she would only use a a whispering voice. And I thought, goodness me, how on earth does that work? But her caveat was you have to have, you know, a class that are very well behaved and that are going to to do that sensibly and are not going to be writing profanities and goodness knows what to each other, um, which, of course, you know, none of them would ever do ever or draw inappropriate things and sort of see who notices. No, no one would ever do that. But uh, I did think it was a, an interesting thought, and I'd love to to see that in action. But I digress. So when it when it goes wrong, what what do we do? What what happens? Well, a lot of the time you end up with a sore throat. Um, you end up. I mean, if it gets any more serious, I mean, there are coughs, colds, not to mention the flu and goodness knows what. And as I said to you at the start. All these illnesses going around that come with sore throats, of course, COVID is still in the ether as well. Um, And certainly I definitely had a very sore throat both times I've had COVID. So there are all these kinds of things. There's irritants in the classroom as well. Um, I know that there are things that people can be allergic to. There's dust and all sorts. Um, I did read somewhere that apparently if you have plants in the classroom, it can actually help your voice. I don't quite know how. I think it's maybe it's something to do with oxygenating the room. I convinced my children that because they are droopy daisies uh, sometimes that I have plants in the room so that it keeps them awake. Um, And and now they are obsessed with the idea because I said to them, you know, now that we have plants in the room, you need to make sure Miss Newberger waters her plants. So almost without fail in every lesson um most days i'll get um, a child putting their hand up and i'll get really excited and think they're answering a question or about to tell me something really profound and they'll just ask me if i've watered my plants so i've basically created monsters in by getting them to remind me it's now constant reminders um and i still forget to water my plants and i don't know if it's my subconscious brain going no now i'm not going to water my plants because i've had 29 year olds all day reminding me so I don't know where the plant logic comes from, but apparently that is a thing. So put plants in your classroom, but remember to water them. But don't get kids to remind you because that is an error of judgment. So we get to the point where we have talked ourselves into silence. And I wanted to know kind of if this was really a thing that was hugely problematic, that was kind of more than just teachers getting sore throats every so often. And actually, I found a report that is called uh, The Voice and Its Disorders in Teachers. Very specific. And uh, in the beginning, it said, uh, the voice is essential to the exercise of the teaching profession. But of course, uh, stating the obvious, the voice, which may be qualified as a professional instrument, is frequently put to rude use. (laughs) Excuse me. I don't know what rude use means. If any of you can tell me, I'd love to know. But I do think that's fantastic. Um, Maybe use disrespectfully. I I don't know. I don't know what that means, but I like the sound of it. This is why research is great, because you come across phrases and expressions that are just brilliant. So any thoughts on that one, please do share with me. 
Um, teachers, <laughs> teachers express themselves in a noisy and frequently poorly soundproofed environment for several hours every working day. Now, I don't know about you, but I am fortunate enough to have aircon in my classroom. Um, maybe the perks of being in a warm country, but I don't like having the aircon on because I feel that messes with my voice and I feel kind of recycled air going around just with the germs and all the rest of it. So I am that person that has my windows open year round, even when it does get a bit colder. And it does. We do have winter out here and it does get a little bit chilly. And uh, certainly when COVID was still rife, I was that teacher who had my windows wide open in December and January. And uh, my children at the time were not happy with me. And they said, you know, miss, you really have to do this. I said, yes, yes, I do. I refuse to get sick. And a well-ventilated room keeps you awake and keeps me sounding great. And I don't think it went down well. Um, it does make me sound like a Victorian monster. But I, you know, I didn't kind of, if it was, obviously, if it was a howling gale or pouring with rain or really, really cold, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a total monster. But I do think there was something to being in a well-ventilated room and again this is french research the french seem to like this and it says that if you get to the point where you end up with a voice disorder it can have mental physical emotional and communicational repercussions and thus have an impact on professional and social life so of course there's me saying well as a teacher you can't um you know you can't talk but then of course you know you've lost your voice you then can't go home and and talk to your children about how their day was or your husband or your partner I mean I'm fortunate enough to live alone so I can just go into a vow of silence but most people can't do that oh I've just realized Brent is there sorry Brent I've been chatting away and I hadn't noticed that you were there wanting to speak so Hello, Brent. I don't know how long you've been there. I'm really sorry. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Um, I just started to save Brent your voice. Being patient with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless you. Which bit had you picked up on that you wanted to say something um, about? Yeah, just the, the idea of hydrate. I mean, um, I'm a union rep, and a couple of years ago, I had one of my colleagues who was struggling. They were in a big science lab, and they couldn't get the voice to carry, and they just found themselves constantly straining in, in one of these big science rooms to be heard at the back. And it got that bad that they, they basically felt that they, they couldn't keep going with the job. And and one of the things that the quotes when I was looking up what, what how to help her was a voice is to teachers as feet are to footballers. Because if you haven't got your voice, there's not much you can do. So what we decided to do was um, I decided to push from a union point of view, from a health and safety point of view and say, look, this member of staff really needs assistance. So we ended up getting a speaker and a microphone like some sort of Madonna, and she was basically going around school with a speaker and a microphone for the rest of her career. And it, it didn't last much longer. She was other reasons why she left teaching. But it made me then think, look, we need some training on this. So I got an expert in, um, a voice, not voice coach, but somebody who was looking at protecting teachers' voices. And some of the um, some of the learnings were absolutely fantastic, like a teacher sitting at the edge of a desk trying to talk to the kids' stranger voice. And we all do that. We all sit like an L-shape at the edge of our desks and sort of like talk to the kids instead of like standing up straight. And that actually has a problem because you're pushing your, your larynx forward and that strains your voice. So if you're doing that all day long, when you sit at the edge of the desk sometimes and, and speak to children and not upright and not breathing properly, that strains your voice. But the one that I tended to do after a long parents' evening, because we used to have parents' evenings that would go for ages and after like a five-period day, we'd have parents' evening at half seven at night. And I'd speak to 50-odd parents. And the next day I thought to myself, it's just because I've been speaking to 50-odd parents. 
but something that um, that they basically suggested was that when you're at parents' evening, you lean forward and you're sitting down. And again, when you lean forward and you're sitting down, you're straining your voice. Um, and during a parents' evening in a noisy hall, that's what people end up doing. They end up getting close to the parent and having to kind of lean forward. And in the process of leaning forward, and you're doing that for an hour, two hours, three hours sometimes, talking to 50 or 60 parents, that really strains your voice. So one of the practical things we end up doing was having parents' evenings in rooms uh, and softer rooms with uh, less echo, so carpeted rooms. And that way you'd have to lower your voice and you could be more comfortable and you didn't need to lean forward and it was more private. So with, with that voice coach, it was actually really, really good to sort of see that we could save people's voices by just even small things, making sure people are hydrated, water fountains were put in, uh, making sure staff had, I uh, suppose, if they felt that their voice was going that we would look at the the acoustics of the rooms or we'd look at maybe there was one or two members of staff felt that their rooms were um, very loud and very noisy and they felt that they're sometimes having to raise their voice. So one practical thing was to put carpet in a room, then the, the, the noise level of the classroom came down and the teacher noise level of the classroom came down. And that's, that sort of helped one or two members of staff as well. So it's, it's small little things about saving your voice because it is exactly our bread and butter. But I have a little funny story of uh, I had a class 15 years ago and for some strange unknown reason, I don't know why, and, and I'm a talker, I, I, I will go five, six hours solid. I could, I could lecture for university's sake. And I've always been told that it would, it would be my downfall and I'm not going to change. Uh, the kids like it. It seems to work for me. And, and every observation tells me to basically talk less. But hey, it's, it's what I am. I'm not going to change that. And the thing is, this class came in. I had them for both geography and history. And uh, they didn't speak to me. I don't know why. And I thought, OK, they, they fell out with me. So I didn't speak to them. And I did a whole lesson without actually speaking by hand gestures. It always became a bit of a joke of see how long I could go to see how long they could go before one of us broke. And at the very, very end of the lesson, one of the students finally goes, sir, you taught us the wrong subject. <laughs> so I'd been teaching them geography when I was meant to be teaching them history, but they didn't interrupt me. So that I taught them a full lesson of something completely different. But it was one of those little things after I taught those kids for five years. And that was year nine. And it was one of those running jokes by year 11. Maybe you taught us the wrong lesson completely in silence. But yeah, you can do it. You, you, you can be silent with the children and, and you can save your voice. But at the end of the day, we are communicators and our voice is extremely important. So I just thought I'd share those couple of, couple of things with you. Oh, Brent, those, that, that's great. Oh, you, did, you did make me laugh. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things because kids don't, don't miss a beat, do they? I mean, they are... <laughs> They are very good, but how funny that they, they let you go the, the whole lesson. I mean, what was your reaction when uh, you when they when that student said you just, I, I meant to, or was it kind of uh Oh no, I just I just fell on my sword and went, brilliant lesson though, wasn't it? But I taught them both two <laughs> subjects, you see. I taught them both geography and history. So it was one I was like, Oh, it's not wasted anyway. And uh, it was just it was it just became that long running sort of joke I had with it, this this particular class. They were my first class I saw all the way through from year seven to year 11. So they're a pretty, pretty wow. special year and, and they were halfway through year nine. I had them for that lesson and and they're, they're really nice kids. And that's the thing I could do that because that's such a rapport and such a relationship with them that that ended up becoming a bit of a joke. Um, and they, I, they, they did pranks on me. I did pranks on them. And that, that was, that was just one that stood out. Um, I once hid in a cupboard once when they came into class 
and I heard all about this is year eleven and heard all about they're up to at the weekend, who was who was out with who, who was getting drunk at the weekend till I popped out of the cupboard and written it all down and went, Thanks very much for all that information. Now who didn't do their homework the weekend because you were drinking, you were this <laughs> So and those were the days. That was fifteen years or so ago and, and you could do those things back on the days when you could have a bit more fun and education. It's become a little too serious, it has. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take the risk of that now because there'd probably be two parental complaints about you know me hiding in the cupboard or, or you, I, I can imagine these days how how sometimes the fun has gone out a little, a little bit that you could do things like that, and equally the same is that I I've been criticised for talking too much all throughout my career, told I would never be able to sustain it, and I do use my voice quite extensively. It's just it's what I'm good at. It's why I became a teacher. It's why people told me I should be a teacher because I'm a good communicator. And it's part of being an Irishman. I could just probably keep talking all the way through without taking and a an, And another good accent as well. I mean, I could listen to you all day just because I think that your accent's fantastic. Oh, don't encourage me. No, so, no, no, no. You'll have no radio show left. <laughs> don't, 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 don't do that. No, no, that's an open invitation. Don't, no, no. I'm going to stop. Well, <laughs> I'm going to stop. Well, Brent, I mean, I will pause you for the moment. You may want to jump back in at any point because I know Zoe's been waiting very patiently. But do, do stick around and do jump back in at any point because it's always good to hear from you. So... Zoe, sorry, I know you've been there for a while very patiently. What caught your attention? Um, actually, I, I just want to add, Brent, that story was hilarious. <laughs> We've all been there. I teach a lot of classes for both music and drama, and sometimes I'm like, oh, guys, what are we doing today? Oh, okay, let's go to that room. So we've all been there, don't worry. Um, yes, it was talking about really with the voice and, and when Brent had actually said about having a vocal coach. And that's one thing that I think every school should invest in. I was lucky enough because I teach music, drama, and I teach a lot of singing as well. I've been able to partake um, on a still, which is a vocal training course. And you're taught how to use your voice in a variety of different ways for different vocal qualities, um, but also how to really preserve your voice. And the lady that I had as my as my teacher on this course, she goes into schools and works with teachers. She goes into libraries specifically to talk with librarians because obviously they're talking in a hushed voice most of the time. And for us to do that normally is incredibly exhausting. Um, and she came up with some great tips. And Brent, you said the majority of them as well with, you know, sitting down and really being aware of our posture. Um, but even simple things like in the morning, if you're driving to work, warm up, warm up your voice. Um, simple ways where you can do it quite quietly to yourself so you don't embarrass, you know, if there's other people in the car, rather than sort of belting out your favorite hit that's on the radio at full volume. Just simple, gentle ways that you can hum the voice to warm it up. And you'll find that you can then start to go the whole day without having any issues at all. So I think if you've got any music teachers or any singing teachers that come into your schools to give instrumental lessons, you know, really pick their brains and see what little exercises that you can take for yourself. Um, I found that that has really helped. And, and the irony is when I went to do this course, it was up in Glasgow. Um, I'd actually lost my voice just beforehand. <laughs> and, um, and it was whiskey and hot lemon that got me through through the course. But it really was eye opening because uh, one one thing they show you, they put a camera down somebody's throat. Sorry, my son is shouting away in the background. His voice never seems to end. And um, and. The, the vocal folds themselves, which produce the voice, is only about the size of a 10 centine piece. 
Um, in terms of British money, I have no idea anymore what that is. Possibly about 5p. Lucy, please correct me. Now. <laughs> or, or, oh, no, no idea. I mean, I haven't lived in the UK for, for two years and it's already kind of left my mind completely. Okay, maybe more of the size of a 1p piece. Yeah, it's a bit Let's bigger than 5p. We'll go with that, yeah. And it's But your vocal folds are as thin as a sheet of paper. So if you damage them, the damage is, is lasting. And that's why they're so, so easy to be affected by the constraints that we have as teachers. Um, and one thing that it's a really good singing teacher can teach us to do, if it's a singing teacher who knows how to belt, they will be able to teach you to raise your voice very, very loudly, very, very safely. Um, so I would really recommend everybody going to their school music departments and going throw it at me guys what have you got um and the last little bit which feeding into what brent had said about hydration one fact that we were told on this course um i whether she was accurately or not i don't know was that any drip of water you take it takes about eight hours for the vocal folds to benefit from that water so if we're about to stand up and speak in front of an assembly, um, the irony is as a music and drama teacher, I have the worst performance anxiety. So speaking in assembly is the most terrifying thing in the world. And if you can feel the throat going because everything is tensing up, having that quick glass of water, it's going to take another eight hours to benefit you. So it's a rather pointless activity. So keep yourself hydrated as much as you can regularly throughout the day, and that will help. And if all else fails whiskey and hot lemon every single night i'm glad you said every single night zoe because much as i would love to uh, be sipping whiskey and lemon at school i don't know how acceptable that would be um it's a lovely thought though to just be kind of sitting in your lesson having a having a whiskey and lemon but i can't yes i can't imagine that would go down <laughs> particularly well Unfortunately, I don't think we can get away from it. I'm talking about a teaspoon amount, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you never maybe. know. Somebody might be subtle enough. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But uh, yes, uh, in the evening. But I, how interesting about the, um, uh, the the water or the hydration not having an effect for, for eight hours. Gosh, so uh, I, I do wonder if that, that, is, that is true. I imagine if, it, if it's uh, coming from a vocal coach, then uh, quite possibly. I always um, wonder with vocal exercises, though, because I can, I'm one of those people, and I don't know about anyone else in the space, I cannot sing to save my life to the point where when I was in primary school and we used to have hymn practice, I was in a gang of four friends, um, who are still friends to this day, and uh, they still joke with me about the fact that they would fight over who would have to stand next to me in hymn practice because my singing was that dreadful. So I'm hoping that being a dreadful singer does not matter with vocal exercises, Zoe. I hope Absolutely you not. I was just going to jump in and say everybody can sing, just not necessarily in tune or in time. <laughs> OK, so everybody, if you can if you can talk, you can sing, because when you're talking, you're talking in a variety of different pitches anyway. It's just being able to match the pitch coming out of your mouth with the pitch that you're hearing. That's all singing really is um, in, in the simplest terms possible. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I mean, the, the exercises, um, which is really the most effective and quickest way to get the voice warmed up, is if you say the word sing to yourself, you'll feel that the top of your tongue touches the back teeth at the top of your mouth. 
And so what you want to do when you do this particular exercise is you hold your tongue in that position. So you do say sing to yourself, hold the tongue up, keeping it in contact with the teeth, open the mouth just slightly. And I don't know how well this will work over headphones. And it's because it's quite a small sound. And you just, it's called sirening. And you just go up and down the scale. However far you can go in both direction, up or down. So to give you an example, singing. And it's not a very big sound, but that just stretches and lengthens everything and warms it up. And where you can tell if your voice is not in a very good condition is if there's any cracks within that sound. So you should be able to make a continuous sound up and down without there being any break in the note. If there is a break, that's an area to go back and have a look at because that that means there's a little issue somewhere there. It can just be you've just woken up, (laughs) you know, something as simple as that. So, you know, and that's a great way you can sing along to your favorite song in the car doing that. And it's very quiet so other people won't hear you. And to other drivers coming past, you won't look silly in any way. Um, I walk to work, so I don't think I can get away with it. So I do it before I leave the house. Um, Just trying to think of another one is steaming. We have a fantastic singing teacher at our school. And she bought herself, you know, the steamers that you have for your face. Um, She swears by that for vocal health. So hot baths, hot showers, the best thing possible for the voice. So whiskey and a hot bath every night. It's the way forward to get us through winter, I think. I have this delightful image, Zoe, of you just kind of luxuriating sort of each night you go, you're having your bubble bath with your vis- with your whiskey and your, not that I'm thinking about you in the bath, that sounded very strange, but you get just a delightful thought of kind of, you know, you having a lovely time of an evening, just kind of steaming away um, with your whiskey, delightful, and I think, yes, that could be a very good way to spend the winter. Um I hope that all of you were trying that. I was trying that while I was on mute, um, listening to Zoe as well. And thank goodness I live alone. There were no cracks, but uh, I definitely, I hope the soundproofing in Portugal is dreadful. So I've probably upset the neighbours and I'm expecting a knock on the door any minute asking if I'm all right. So, (laughs) but yes, I mean, some great tips from Zoe there. I was going to say, it's the same here in France. The neighbours here everything (laughs) so I've got to be careful I'm not allowed to sing in the apartment so when we were in lockdown and I was having to teach musical theatre oh my gosh you can imagine the complaints oh no I mean the complaints I got was because I was exercising at funny times of of day but I can imagine if you were uh good giving mind you I should think they should have been grateful if you were doing full-on musical theatre numbers to that I I would have quite enjoyed that um and you know it's in the day fine it's great i think that would have been good fun but uh zoe thank you for that and if uh, anything else comes to mind that you want to share throughout the remainder of the show please do because uh all these tips and tricks are great and uh, i'm learning lots as well as always because ttr is cpd for everybody for free this is why we do this this is why i do this because uh i pick a subject at random as I said, whether I've dreamt about it or thought about it or had an aha moment. And then I go on my own deep dive and then I discover even more stuff. And then I learn from people who know more about this than I do. And it's great. And I love it. So 
So we've kind of sort of gone off on different tangents, which is great. And we can kind of revisit things and come back to them. But just going back to, and I've got too many pieces of paper as usual, um, the voice and its disorders in teachers. Because I know we kind of have already started talking about things to help, which is great. And I do want to focus on that again. But uh, this voice disorders in teachers um, that, uh, where did I get to? It says, um, Teachers' awareness of the importance of a voice as a tool with which to capture their listeners' attention and communicate effectively should sensitise them to acoustic conditions of their working environment um, and to initial signs of vocal fatigue. And I know Brent touched on this as well, but I often think that maybe, you know, we know when we're getting a sore throat, you know, we know when we're getting ill, we get the classic symptoms. But in terms of vocal fatigue, I wonder if we do know really what we're looking for and Zoe's example was great where if in that exercise that she demonstrated you're getting a crack then clearly there is a problem I would never have known that so I think these things are are very important and to, to understand our voices better but further down in this research and there is a, a lot of it uh, in very tiny print but apparently, and this will be of interest to, to some of you, vocal disorders and vocal problems are more frequent in female teachers. And um, it uh, sort of goes on to say uh, that across kind of various countries that they studied in this research, so Finland, United Kingdom, United States, um, more frequently uh, overall in women and turn the page over. Very important. Um it uh, said that in, so they go into more detail. This is French, French again, as I said to you. Um, and they're not clearly identified. So anything that goes wrong with your voice is not clearly identified as an occupational disease, which I thought was interesting as well, despite the large number of teachers who do suffer from them. Um, and very few studies have been conducted on the back of this. Uh, but voice-related complaints are uh, on the increase. And uh, the reason may be that it's more common or noticeably more common in women. Their reasoning behind that is possibly to do with the fact that there are usually uh, more women within the profession, uh, particularly in nursery and primary schools. Um, and that it is, um, you know, because there are more of us, then, you know, the effect seems to be greater. Um, but also that it is a... Uh, gender risk factor in certain types of teachers so uh, music nursery uh, and primary in particular but funnily enough studies to date have not evidenced a higher risk in language teachers but then arguably i don't know are they talking any more than uh mind you i suppose there is a different strain speaking different languages i suppose maybe there is a, a higher risk as, as well so i thought that was uh, quite interesting but then uh, attributing uh, it to being a greater issue in women is, yeah, I think that's probably fair to say that it's related because the number of us and therefore the the people being studied for this uh, research are predominantly women. And it also goes on to talk about in environmental factors as well, going into uh, the rooms and all the rest of it. And uh, what I didn't realise, actually, and going back to Brent's point about there being carpet on the floor, because my classroom is quite large and it has a wooden floor I don't have any carpet uh, in there so maybe I am doing myself a disservice by not having any carpet in there and maybe that is something I should look into but things get dropped and all the rest of it and it's just easier to, to clean not that I am 
doing uh, all of the cleaning in there, but sometimes, you know, it's just uh, an easier floor just to kind of um, sweep up, especially after bits of paper everywhere and all the rest of it. So moving on from that, I do want to focus for kind of the last sort of half hour, really, on the idea of looking after your voice, voice training, why we're maybe not paying greater attention to this as part of teacher training and as part of ongoing CPD as well. Um, so I know that uh, Zoe obviously talked about the course that she went on, um, but again, link being to the kind of teacher she is, but should this not be available for, for all of us to do? Should this not be a, a, an ongoing discussion uh, and as part of the, the kind of greater focus on on health and on well-being as well so again i did some research into this and into looking after your voice as well and actually the unions believe it or not uh so these are the uk unions that i'm talking about do have guidance on this which i thought was interesting and i didn't i i this i don't know if this is quite recent but i certainly had never known this to exist before and uh they note that we are an at-risk group, that all teachers, and that um, a 2008 survey done by the Royal National Institute from the Deaf found that over 60% of schools complain about vocal problems and that the most common causes for this are um, ineffective projection, breathing uh, techniques, uh, which is all exacerbated by stress, speaking for long periods of time, etc., and reiterating what I said about uh, not necessarily knowing that our voices are fatigued, the uh, classic symptoms that teachers acknowledge are hoarseness or discomfort, um, and certainly, particularly with new teachers as well. Um, certainly, uh, I'm sure if we checked in with any uh, ECTs or PGCE students at the moment, they would tell you that uh, they've never used their voices so much in, your, in their lives. Um, and apparently as well, uh, it is important to identify when we need uh, medical support and medical help and uh, that that is down to us. Well, of course it is. But also that uh, in terms of employee support, uh, advice and assistance should be made available in your school. So that apparently is a union requirement by employers through occupational health and um, steps that could be put in place include voice therapy and also the provision of voice amplification equipment. So it goes back to Brent's points about the teacher who ends up using the microphone uh, may be appropriate in certain circumstances as well. Was there someone who wanted to speak then? Or did someone jump in? I thought I heard someone join, but maybe not. So if you want, oh, it, it was, it was RPT Teach, which again, I'm sure is not your name. And you will tell me your name. What uh, piqued your interest? And what is your actual name, please? Hello? Hi, Lucy. We can still hear you. Okay. Oh, are you waiting for the speaker? Oh, I didn't realize. Sorry. I am. Sorry. Yeah. All good, Rog. RP Teach, are you there? I am there. Oh, hello. Oh, sorry. I was still under the, the, the banner of listener. <laughs> no, so you are I, definitely under speaker now. I was silent. I was obviously keeping my voice safe. Um, <laughs> that joke's already been made, so I can't make that again. Um, well, I appreciated it. 
but I, 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 I kept hitting the request button, um, thinking that I needed to be speaker. Um, I was actually having this conversation um, today with a few colleagues of mine. Um, one of the things that um, I'm an English teacher. My name is uh, Mr. Patterson. Um, RP stands for Richard Patterson. Um, I we were discussing this idea of how to master prosody when reading, because that is a way to save your voice. Um, in a few observations, a few sort of lesson drop-ins, um, part of my role is sort of helping um, departments improve their general practice by just being a sort of a, a supporting, I'm holding my fingers inside of my head here, non-threatening presence, um, and sort of helping them develop their pedagogy that, and helping them implement their curriculum. And part of part of their sort of um, their improvement plan, if you like, is looking at how they deliver their content in terms of their reading. And a lot of them complain about not having the the sort of um, the, the 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 fatigue comes quite early when reading something like a Christmas Carol, because they either read really enthusiastically, and they they run their voices dry, or they read as if they are like, you know, reading it and they put on Scrooge's voice to the point where they put their voice in a, in a real state of stress. So we're working on this idea of how you can make sure your prosody is carefully rehearsed so that you're looking after your voice. So knowing when to slow it down, knowing when to speed it up, knowing where to put stress on words, knowing when to take it off. Um, I suppose in a way, and the, way, the sort of analogy I used today with them was it's almost like when you're on a sort of um, like a long distance run or long distance bike ride and that you that you have strategies to maintain your stamina you wouldn't just go flat out for the whole time you would think about ways to maintain yourself um, in order to 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 you know succeed so that's I think that's something as English teachers and I know not just English teachers who read but when you're reading out loud doing cold reads from you know cover to cover I think that's something that uh, mastering prosody can be the thing that can help your voice, um, you know, survive in the classroom. And I think also not just through reading, but also just general talk. I think if you're knowing how to sort of knowing that reprimanding students in a way that you know, when people just shouting and blasting their voice across the room, will soon find out that after two weeks of doing that, they'll know, they won't be able to do it anymore. Um, so yeah, so really thinking about how prosody can help your voice is, is really important and going over lots of strategies in terms of research not just sort of saying I think this is right because I'm I'm helping you but making sure they get to read the research on prosody and making sure they understand like how it can benefit themselves their health and also their students understanding of the text they're reading so it's a multifaceted wonderful way to um, deliver content but also look after yourself fascinating Richard thank you thank you for sharing sharing with us and uh, another fan of researchers as well and I think that if you can back up what you're saying as well with uh, and show show the evidence then it, it obviously helps reiterate and reaffirm your point as well <laughs> yeah. oh, thank fantastic. you well, well do stick around I mean and thank you for contributing and if you want to uh, involve yourself again please please do um, but uh could I ask you to, to just mute yourself for the moment, if that's all right? Yeah, I'm just trying to work out how. Uh, um, you, should, you should be able to... <laughs> there, should, there should be a mute 
button to your bottom left, I believe. Bottom left. I've got all I've got is a little oh, request. Yeah. I've got a request button, and that's it. Oh, maybe I can I can mute you for the moment. Yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> I'll do it for you. It's not that I don't want to hear from you. It's uh, just that uh, I'm very bad with background noise a lot of the time. And uh, so, and but also, please do feel free to interrupt the monologue again at at any point should you want to. <laughs> but I think that's important as well. To to so Richard was talking about kind of using um, that understanding how to use your voice within class as well, and supporting that and underpinning that with research is is great too. Um, I have definitely fallen into the trap with. So of course you've got. Uh, children in, in any class you've got the children who are loud and proud and you've got the ones who are less uh less so and i find that certainly we've been doing some reading aloud with kensuke's kingdom and because in teacher fashion wanting to preserve my own voice but also not wanting to listen to my much as i love the sound of my own voice because which teacher doesn't any of you who say you don't you are lying to yourselves and everybody else and i maintain that um uh, in a bit to, yes, not listen to the sound of my own voice for too long, I get other children to read. I will never force it upon them. I, you know, I'll go for volunteers and I will encourage. But there are, you know, some of the quieter ones do volunteer. And I fight the urge to sort of say, oh, can you just be a little bit louder, please? Or just uh, raise your voice just a, a little bit. And I don't, I mean, sometimes I do because I really genuinely can't hear them. And sometimes I don't because I feel guilty and I think, oh, gosh, you know, they've, they've volunteered to read. And am I kind of discouraging it by saying I just can't quite hear you? So I don't know if anyone has any any thoughts on that, but uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, losing teacher points there. So I'm interested to know your thoughts if you want to want to talk about that. So. Uh, yeah, so the NEU, as I said to you, they definitely uh, are encouraging you to to look after yourselves, and I believe the the other unions are as well. And they advise on all the things that we have discussed in terms of how to stand, how to breathe, um, and certainly, actually, I've been learning how to breathe again, and it has uh, changed my life. My yoga teacher um, has been. Uh, talking to us a lot about ocean breathing so about really deep breathing because we breathe wrong you're meant to sort of fill up uh as you breathe in and as you exhale you're meant to kind of uh you know let it let it all go sort of shrink back down and we tend to do it the the other way around i think i've got that right i may have explained that completely wrong but anyway been working on deep breathing and and standing and uh um We've been doing a lot of uh, when you stand up, pick up all 10 toes, which is a very strange sensation. So do do try that. And apparently also on a complete side note, nothing to do with voices at all. Um, and I don't know if this is true. This is my yoga teacher saying this. One of the tests of whether you can live by yourself as you get older is is balance. And uh, you need to be able to. I think the test is they make you stand on one leg for a period of time. I don't know quite how long it is. Uh, so in order to keep this in practice, apparently, whilst you're brushing your teeth for the first minute, you should stand on one leg and the second minute you should stand on another leg. But that is not my tip. That is my yoga teacher's tip. So take that as you wish. And as always, I have digressed. So keeping on the theme of looking after your voice. I've also found further information on this. I'm getting through the bits of papers uh, very quickly here. Um, 
the idea of a warm up, as Zoe was talking about, is uh, certainly uh, a theory and a practice, uh, more than a theory, that uh, is encouraged by, well, this is from Independent Education Today. And it says that uh, by warming up your voice before you can prevent injury, improve technique, eliminate tension. Ten- tension and make your brains more alert so maybe a bit of brain training in there as well which first thing in the morning i find it never hurts i was uh teaching my children the other day to pat their heads and rub their stomachs and then switch switch hands and honestly it was comical so if you want some entertainment with primary age children try and get them to do that or wiggle one figure whilst uh finger rather whilst moving the other one from side to side and then switching as well very very funny and also to give them a bit of a brain break as well. So you want some entertainment in your primary classroom? That is my free gift to you uh, this evening. Um, how are we doing for time? Oh, got another 20 minutes or so. So we're, we're going strong, which is, which is good. So the warm-up suggested in this particular article was um, a body stretch, first of all. So stretch your arms up and flop forwards, letting your arms dangle and have a little shake and then roll yourself back up. And then breathing. So this is, I think, in the uh, encouraging sort of yoga practice. And then, and Zoe, you can comment on this uh, and see what you think about this one. Um, to work on your range on a humming sound or an ng sound. So ng, ng, ng. Sorry, that was bad phonics there. Sound, slide up and down like a siren. I think that was a similar to what you said. Yeah, um, exactly. That ng at the end of the word sing. That's yeah. the one. Exactly that. How you siren. And uh, then the um, includes some buzzes as well. So, uh, v- 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 and v- 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 is that a one familiar to you as well? <laughs> yeah, going up with and so I hate doing them because they make my lips really ticklish. Um, but the v- honestly, they really do try them, especially that v sound, um, because then that again, it you're not putting a lot of stress on the vocal folds which is the whole purpose of the exercises um, another one i wonder if they've mentioned is with a straw and a glass of water a really safe way and it makes zero sound is to just simply blow through the straw and make bubbles in the water you know everything we tell children not to do at the dinner table but to maintain a constant flow of air so the height of the bubbles stays the same that's another way to monitor breathing. And again, just gently, it, it actually, the process of that massages the voice. So if it is feeling a bit sore, go for a straw and, and blow some bubbles. Oh, fantastic. See, Zoe, you're, you're, you're making my life better one tip at a time here. The other one that I wanted to ask you about was um, open vowel sounds. Any exercise for that one? Mm-hmm. Open vowel sounds. Okay, usually when we have our, our lessons during the school day, they're very, very short. So we sort of whack them all together um, in as many different ways as possible. So the A-E-I-O-U, rather than saying it as a U, you'd want to practice all of the sounds. So, for example, if you want to explore um, the different onsets that your voice has, this is an exercise I get my students to do as part of the warm-up. If you put your hand about an inch, two inches away from your mouth. And if you say A, you shouldn't feel any air against the palm of your hand. If you do, you're saying it incorrectly because it's a glottal sound. If you say 
uh, A-E-I-O-U. You shouldn't get any glottal sound. You shouldn't get any air. It would be a completely glottal sound. If you want to create a softer sound, put a slight y at the front. So E-E-I-O-U. Different way to warm up. That one always feels very strange. And then the third one is the aspirate sound where you'd add a sort of H to the front. Hey, he, hi. This one's exhausting. Ho, who, and you'd feel a lot of air against your hand. So those are the ways that we would usually use the vowel sounds. But you can do the same going up and down the range. A, E. Students hate doing them. But uh, again, and <laughs> my son's joining in in the background. Apologies. Um, oh, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't because he should be asleep right now. Um, so yeah, there's loads of different ways and, and I'm really happy if you, if you'd like me to, I can share you a ton of resources. I can even put, um, a Google drive together and share everything that, that we use, um, if it's any help. I mean, Zoe, I don't want to create work for you, but, um, if we can use you in the, in the show notes or there's anything that you've got readily available to share with the Teachers Talk Radio listeners, I have no doubt that that will go down very well, particularly as you have demonstrated everything I've asked you to do beautifully. And I, I really, really appreciate the, the input. So, yes, anything that you've got readily available to share, please, please do. Uh, I think it would go down a storm. And certainly, while I've been on mute, and I hope I'm not alone, I am sure... I'm sure Tom Rogers has been sitting there singing to himself and uh, humming to himself and I and uh, all the others listening in as well. So if you haven't, again, I'm fairly sure you are fibbing to me because I definitely have been sitting there uh, practicing away. And I'm going to get um, I'm going to get the, uh, the the kids involved with this as well, because they won't need. Uh, I don't think that the, my class will need any uh, encouragement to to practice keeping their voices safe because, well. They're not quiet most of the time, but uh, I think th- I think that's great. So um, going on again to keeping in the theme of voice protection and looking after our voices. Um, where do we get to? So Teach It have said that, you know, we need to the, the fundamentals of making sure we are able to use our voices effectively is, yes, we need to make sure we're doing vocal exercises and things like that, and we need to understand that. But we also need to make sure that we know where we should be speaking from. And again, Zoe, I'm sure you'll, as a singer, you'll be able to comment on this more than more than I can. But we all tend to talk from our from our throats and from from sort of higher up, uh, and we do it without even realizing we're doing it because we sort of condition ourselves to 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 talk in the wrong way when actually we should be talking from much lower down and because we don't practice using our diaphragms properly we become lazy and again uh, when uh, Brent talked about posture and that leaning forward because we're not we're so bad with our posture in so many ways that again we're not even from the jumping off point speaking from where from where we should be and so I don't know if you have a comment on that as 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 a singer yeah I do it's um you know this is one of the things when I was taught to sing when I was I don't even know how little I was. It was, you know, oh, sing louder, sing this. And I learned some really, really, really bad habits that I carried with me for a very long time. 
Um, and it wasn't until somebody said to me, you know, actually, you don't sing, you don't project from your diaphragm. Your diaphragm sits underneath your lungs when it contracts, when it retracts, that affects the airflow. It's all, um, I'd love to say I've got a six pack, it's somewhere hidden under there. Um, but it's really those lower abdominal muscles, which is where we produce the power from. So when you're, when you're wanting to project, it's not to do with the amount of air that's coming through, but it's actually the force in which it is traveling through. So when you're wanting to project your voice, when you're wanting to speak loudly, quite effortlessly, you need to imagine that when you're talking, firstly, you're standing quite securely. You know, if you you imagine you're on the bus and you're holding onto one of the railings at the top and then all of a sudden it comes to a halt, how you hold yourself to stop yourself from falling over is the muscles that really you want to be using to anchor yourself. And then when you're speaking, you want to imagine you're pulling your belly button back towards your spine. And it's those muscles which then drive forward the force of the air to push that through and ultimately create the sound you want to project. So it's not really so much to do with the diaphragm, but keeping the right muscles activated. And we will all have six packs by Christmas. Well, you heard it here first. There you go. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure that uh, maybe though you and Charlie Burley can team up, and that is going to be how all of us teachers are going to fit into our fabulous Christmas outfits. And I think that you may be onto something, and it's going to make you your fortune, and you can retire. <laughs> so, what well, one can only hope. I will say our singing teacher is. 61 and a couple of weeks old she doesn't look a day over 45 and she still fits into a size six so it's doable singing every day is the way forward okay then well there you go i think uh we are on to a winner clearly so learn how to use your voice properly learn how to control the correct muscles and you my friend will have that six pack there you go i mean who who'd have thought it there you go. See, we're learning all the time here. I honestly, I tell you, these shows are genius. This is what you, this is the kind of content that we live for and the kind of CPD that we live for and life skills and all the rest of it. So I think it's brilliant. But I think it's time that we start to conclude proceedings this evening because, believe it or not, I need to rest my voice <laughs> and uh, put, start putting into practice some of these some of these tips and tricks that we've learned this evening. So. We've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about, you know, how how it starts in terms of, well, we're using our voices every day as teachers and the fact that maybe we're not using them in the way that we should be. And although we are trying to mitigate things in certain ways by making sure that we're well ventilated, well hydrated, that we're maybe got carpet and all the rest of it, that actually the onus is on us as, as individuals. I mean, when isn't it? But at the same time, there are some very simple things we can do to ensure that we are protecting our, our instrument that has been referred to in a lot of the research that I've used this evening, that we are making sure that, you know, we understand how to use it properly. And I know that Brent mentioned earlier that it's, uh, that it has featured in some teacher training that, that, he's seen but i 
I've never seen that as as part of teacher training, and I don't know if if any of you have. Certainly, it did not feature in mine, and I wonder if maybe again we are missing a trick there with ensuring that these new teachers. I mean, I know, and I know, I bring up teacher training time and time again, and with all the things that I would add in, all the added extras, and I've said it before that people will never leave university; they'd never qualify; they'd still be there five years later with all the kind of add-ons and bits and pieces that are that I have a dream of uh, including and that uh, all in my mind have huge importance but I do think that in terms of voices in terms of something that we are using day in day out that not only should that be part of training but part of ongoing CPD and part of our well-being part of something that we are discussing amongst ourselves and that we are looking to people like Zoe to to offer support and to say actually you know with some very quick simple daily exercises that you can do whilst you're uh, sitting in the car or whilst you're in your classroom with the door shut I'm going to make sure that when I start doing these that because I uh, in the morning people tend to wander in and out of my classroom quite a lot we all kind of check in with each other it's quite a sort of nice buzzy atmosphere like that but if I'm going to be doing vocal exercises then I don't want anyone wandering in so maybe a do not disturb sign is going to have to go up and uh, I'm going to have to get make sure I get some peace to to do that but I think it's been an incredibly enlightening show this evening and uh, for those of you who have not been able to hear all of it or want to listen back it will be available on the same link that we are live on right now which is great and uh, I think it may be going into a podcast as well but I will let you know what happens there but just before I love and leave you this evening I want to remind you of a few bits and pieces the first being of all these various events that are going on it's so exciting that we get to do these things again but first and foremost with Slack and Teachers Talk Radio are teaming up for that live event on the 15th of October. I must make sure I get, I've got so many dates in my mind, I must make sure I get these right. But With Slack and Teachers Talk Radio is 15th of October. That's in Manchester at the Manchester Art Gallery, but will also be online as well. And there are lots and lots of speakers. So if you go and look at the pinned tweet on Teachers Talk Radio's Twitter, you can see who's involved in that. Some great names there. Then what I should also tell you is that Charlie Burley's event that I mentioned to you earlier, that is uh, called Rewriting Wellbeing, and that's all focused on nutrition, movement, mindset, workload, all the fun bits and pieces. You've got speakers including Andrew Cowley, Jen Foster, Kimberly Wilson, Simon Bolger, and many, many more. And the big selling point for this one, apart from it being Charlie Burley, is that you get brunch and lunch. And well, you know how I feel about food. So I think that's reason enough to, to attend, uh, despite the fact that, you know, you're going to learn lots as well. That one is in London on the 22nd of October. So if you can get to that, it's at the ETC venues in St. Paul's. And you can search Rewriting Wellbeing on Eventbrite and that will come up and get you tickets. That is also a non-profit event. So all the money for that is going to charity uh, which is the charity in question is Ed Support. And while on the subject of great organizations, I should also tell you that With a Slack Group are, oops, are the leading provider of specialist education and care, and they uh, are offering careers with progression and reward and some of the best salaries in the business. And if you want to know more about those, you can find that at withaslackgroup.co.uk. 
So again, I think we've done very well with all the life admin this evening, as well as having a very good show and learning lots. It's been a journey and it's been fascinating and I've loved everybody contributing as well. So thank you so much. Thank you for missing Bake Off for me. I did, I did worry that I did think to myself, gosh, no one's going to listen in because they're going to be watching Bake Off. So I'm going to go and catch up on that in a minute as well. So I appreciate those of you for sticking with me. Thank you very, very much. Next week, I'm going to be talking about attention spans because as I mentioned in the start of my show, Honestly, standing in my classroom today, I was thinking to myself, now I know children's attention spans aren't huge and aren't long, nor should they be. But in my mind, there's definitely more afoot here, maybe since the wake of COVID, maybe there's other factors. But I'm going to go back into my research rabbit hole and I will let you know what I come up with. And we will talk about that next week. So if you want to join me for that, that will be same time, same place in a week's time and once more i'm going to do one final plug which is for my teach meet icon i say my event it's not my event it's teach meet icons event but for international teachers it is this weekend which is this saturday a load of us are going to be talking about a variety of different things i'm so excited that i can't even tell you what anyone else is talking about i can only tell you what i'm talking about which is international mindedness but if you look at teach meet international icons twitter you will see all the brilliant faces that are going to be involved in that and all the things they are talking about i do know that briley habib is talking about eal because she's shared her presentation with me and it is brilliant and I've already learned a great deal from her about things that I can implement in my own classroom. So I strongly urge you to either tune in on Saturday or that will be available as a YouTube link after the event if you're not able to make it then. But all that remains for me to say is thank you again for being here. Have a lovely rest of the week and I will talk to you very soon. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.